Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Friday edition of the program. So glad to have you with us as we close out the week. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Well, Jalen hood Chafino, we thought would be a mid-first round pick. He was. Uh, maybe a couple picks later than what some people had projected. Trace Jackson Davis, he finally got picked last night. But it got to the danger zone where you wonder what is going on and what do some teams see and trace, including the Indiana Pacers, who bypassed him with an opportunity to get him maybe a little bit later than expected. But Trace finally got his name called. A big night for IU as two Hoosiers from the roster last season are moving on to professional basketball. Jalen hood Shafino first round. Trace Jackson Davis second round. And again, for those guys, for Mike Woodson, for the IU coaching staff, for recruiting, for fans, for the state of Indiana, good stuff to see that sort of thing go on. It's not been often that Indiana has had draft picks. It not has been often that Indiana has had two picks go uh, in the draft, in the first two rounds of the draft. So all the way around, I thought a good night for Indiana last night, and of course, namely for Jalen hood Chafino and Trace Jackson Davis as well. Glad to have you with us. Busy Friday program as we get ready to send you into the weekend. We're going to cover a lot in this hour. Let's look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, a recap of the draft last night. Justin Kalen, producer of this show, is going to join us and uh, talk about uh, Jalen hood Chafino, Trace Jackson Davis, and more. And then coming up later in the show, Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He will drop by as we talk the latest with IU. We, I'm sure we'll cover the draft last night. We'll look at recruiting. It's a big weekend in the state for uh, coaches to get out and see some big-time Indiana high school basketball summer games. And then later today, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. So a busy show from start to finish. Glad to have you with us. The lineup of service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Let's look at the Thornton's text line next. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you're looking for an icy, cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller, are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Fort Thornton's and send us a text, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And next, time for a shameless plug. I think a lot of you know that 
Uh, my day job, I work for Floyd County Parks and Recreation uh, as superintendent of parks, and we have a really neat event coming up this Saturday. It's Glow Pickleball. I know that pickleball has been a fad. In fact, I've been meaning to talk about it on this very program and gauge some of the listeners. Do you play? Are you interested? But Glow Pickleball, basically you wear neon clothes, you put neon tape on your paddle, everything is provided. Saturday night at Knights of Columbus, it's uh, under black lights, there are lines that are neon, the nets are neon, the balls glow, just something different. So if you're a pickleball player, if you've been bitten by the bug of pickleball, which I think so many have in our area and the country, it's the fastest growing sport, I think the last two years running, in the United States of America, there is a glow pickleball opportunity that Floyd County Parks and Recreation has organized. It's at the Knights of Columbus in downtown New Albany on Saturday night from 6 to 9 p.m. It's $10 a player. I'm only mentioning this because there are a handful of spots left, and I know they want to fill it up. And there's another opportunity for glow pickleball a little bit later in the summer as well. But if you're interested in pickleball and glow pickleball, especially on Saturday night, something fun at the Knights of Columbus to get out, have some exercise, get some fun, uh, pickleball in a different way, follow Floyd County Parks and Recreation on social media. You can find the link to sign up there. You can do it today. You can do it tomorrow and come tomorrow night to the Glow Pickleball. But just an innocent shout out for that. And uh, pickleball is really amazing, though. I'm just amazed at the different variety of people that play it. I have really been bitten by the bug. It's fun. It's good exercise. It requires good hand-eye coordination, but you don't have to cover a ton of ground. You still got to be moving. You still got to be fairly quick at times, but you don't have to cover a ton of ground. That definitely helps me out. But I'm curious, do you like pickleball? 502-414-1450. Again, like to hear from you, whether you're interested in glow or not, love to know if you play the sport. So there's my shameless plug to start this Friday program. Uh, let's get into the uh, headlines today, and let me bring in Justin Kalen, producer of this program, uh, here on the Big X. And let me ask you, Justin, do you play pickleball? I do not, but I was actually sitting here wondering, are you going to be playing in this Glow tournament? You know, it's not a tournament now. It's just open play. Oh, okay. It's for fun. Okay. There's music playing. The lights are out. The black lights are on. The neon stuff is glowing. It's it's not, it's not. It's a fun thing. It's not necessarily, you know, you're not going to be on your A game when the lights are out and neon stuff's glowing. But <laughs> I probably won't tomorrow, but I play as much as I can. I yeah. used to play all the time uh, at a different stage in life six months, a year ago. But I don't get the opportunity to, but I love it, and I'm not good at it by any stretch of the imagination, but I played in a tournament or two and did okay, so you know it's fun, and I'm competitive, and I like it. So if I was retired or had a lot of time, I think I would play on a regular basis, and I tell you what, it, it, it's, it, it's a good workout. Yeah. No, it seems like it. I, my, my only hesitation with pickleball is I was never really very good at tennis. I, uh, I'm not very tall, so I struggled to get the ball over the net. So I guess that's where my hesitation comes from with pickleball, but I, I do need to dip my toes into the water and try it out for sure. I could see you being a pickleball addict. I really could. I okay. think you've got the okay. ability to do it. So we'll have a big X pickleball showdown sometime, and you can come like out. You and, I'll, you and I'll be teammates. We'll take on any any and all comers. <laughs> I promise you that. So, Deal. But, yeah, that was my shameless plug to start the show. Before we talk about Jalen hood Chafino. Let's start with Trace Jackson Davis. Did you get a little nervous last night as the second round cruised along and TJD's name had not been called? Um, No, not really, because I just had the feeling all along that he was going to land somewhere. Like, if he didn't land somewhere, that would have just been unacceptable. 
um, for the NBA teams that were drafting. But I did. I Honestly, Matt, I stayed up for the whole draft last night, which is so unlike me due to producing Kentucky Roll Call at 7 in the morning. I, I need my sleep. But I, I bit the bullet. I told my roommate last night that I had to stay up until Trace got drafted. So that's what I did. And it, it took until the 57th pick. But he ended up getting drafted by the Wizards, and then that is traded to the Warriors. So I think that's a great spot for Trace to land. He's he's going out to a, a contender an NBA contender, he gets to play with Steph and Clay and potentially Draymond. Like that, that's going to be a really good landing spot for Trace. Hope he hope he can succeed out there. I haven't had a chance to look or read like the national coverage from last night. Mm-hmm. I just have focused in on Jalen and Trace, but it seemed to me like generally last night there were a number of trades, especially in the first yeah. round. Uh, I don't know. If, I think I mean there's always a few, I guess, but. It seemed like a lot of them last night. Well, the weirdest one, and I wish it was a Wednesday because I would love for you to ask Dustin Dopirak about this, but the Pacers had the seventh pick. The Wizards had the eighth pick. The Wizards wanted Koulibaly, who the Pacers drafted, then traded to the Wizards, and the Wizards picked Jarris Parker, who the Pacers wanted, and then traded him to the Pacers. So what? I don't understand the point of that. Why would they not just pick the players they wanted, you know? Yeah, it was really strange. The Pacers got the player from the Wizards and two second round. Okay, draft so there picks, was there was more involved. So, got it. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I guess two second round future picks to be decided at a later date is important, but it was a very odd trade. And I was trying to keep up with the draft and watch college baseball, which I want to talk with you about in just a moment as well. Uh, but I was trying to do a lot last night and uh, didn't do probably a very good keeping up with some of the trades. But the other good thing on Trace Jackson Davis I wanted to bring up, I saw Jeff Rabjohns has already got a story up, if you're a subscriber of Peaks.com, where uh, Golden State, uh, some of their personnel have said that Trace Jackson Davis will be on the main roster uh, in the uh, Golden State franchise. I don't know exactly what that means either, but obviously a draft pick in the second round or an undrafted free agent there's often, I guess you could call it a tryout process. You go to summer league, perhaps. Uh, you have to work your way on the roster through training camp, and nothing is necessarily guaranteed. And I think that's still the case with Trace. But whatever that wording is uh, that Jeff was able to get a quote or use a quote from another media availability, uh, that was pretty strong, I thought, from the, for the Warriors to be – it sounded like fairly high on Trace Jackson Davis. Yeah, I, I just – take that to mean he's going to avoid the G League, which is awesome. Because when you think about Trace Jackson Davis and what he needs to improve on as he gets into the NBA, undoubtedly everybody is going to say three-point shooting. How do you improve at three-point shooting, Matt? You just go to the team who has the best three-point shooter of all time. How about that? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm excited for Trace. I really hope he pans out. I'd love to watch him in the league for 10, 15 years to come. Yeah, definitely. Jalen Hood-Shafino last night. I don't think anybody was terribly surprised where he went. Hood Shafino, number 17, drafted by the Lakers. So uh, an interesting connection there. Really not a connection, but an interesting franchise there. Obviously, the Lakers, one of the all-time greats in the National Basketball Association. LeBron James is there, but they have had some of struggles of re- recent. I guess the playoffs, there was a... Uh, definitely a rebound there for the Lakers, but uh, to some to some level. But uh, Hood Shafino, we'll see. Will he get the team with LeBron James next year? What will his role for the Lakers look like? Uh, he's a guy that I'm really going to keep my eye on in his rookie season. Yeah, I was really excited when he got drafted. He They announced his name for the Lakers, and I 
stood up off my recliner and I gave it a fist pump. I was like, oh, hell yeah. I mean, just <laughs> his first opportunity in the NBA, he's going to get to play with one of the best players of all time in LeBron. That's just that's awesome. What a dream that is for Jalen Huchafino. And the, the embrace him and Woodson had was just nice. And, yeah, that was just a great moment when Jalen got drafted. And we're, it's great for these kids that we're talking about, but – what about Indiana? You know, how much does last night help Indiana, Matt? You you touched on it and you're open. There hasn't been very many years where there's been two IU guys drafted. So for that to occur last night, it has to shine a positive light on Indiana and hopefully can propel them forward with getting solid recruits down the down the road. Well, that was my next and final point on the draft before we get to the dreaded subject of college baseball, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. <laughs> but uh, Mike Woodson last night, front and center with Jalen hood Shafino. And I saw Trace had a get-together as well. A lot of the IU folks were there. Uh, There was a number of posts on IU social media about both of those guys last night, their respective get-togethers, Hood Shafino in the green room, Trace Jackson Davis, a private get-together. But I thought a good night for IU basketball fans to rejoice and for the program to shine. And Mike Woodson, who is in his element, you have to believe, when he's in the green room, at the NBA draft. He knows people from all these NBA teams. Mm -hmm. He knows lots of the people in that room last night. The basketball family, it may be disconnected, and there may be young, old, you know, different, but there's a lot of connections over the years between some of this stuff, and I can guarantee you nobody could work that room like Mike Woodson could last night, and it's going to help recruiting. We talked about that some a couple times this week, but I thought last night it should be mentioned a good night for Mike Woodson and the IU coaches because they helped both of those players get from point A to point B to the NBA draft. And with Trace Jackson Davis, they helped him get to a lot of different points between their arrival and the NBA draft last night. Well, and yeah, you think about Jalen and Trace, both of them. Their skill sets are completely different. They play different positions. The way they move with and without the ball is completely different. So to have those two guys both make the league, yeah, I think it does nothing but help Indiana. All right, before we get to uh, college baseball last night, and it was a heck of a game, Mm -hmm. I want to bring up one text from the Thornton's text line. Pacers blew it time and time again by passing on TJD. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, Pacers have done this for years now with State of Indiana-related players. Texter, I appreciate the text, but I'm going to tell you what. I don't think the Pacers or any franchise, when they are drafting, when they are looking at their needs. I don't care if it's Trace, who's from Center Grove, Romeo Langford, who was a generational player from right here in southern Indiana at New Albany. I don't think these NBA franchises even pay any attention to where they're from, where they played college basketball. Uh, Could they possibly give a little spurt in ticket sales if they work out to be a a permanent roster player for the season? I think it's all about needs and development and thinking ahead for years to come, things that even some of the most diehard fans of the Pacers or any NBA franchise may not think about at all. So I get Texter's point. I agree that, man, it would be nice to see the Pacers get some local guys. And when it has happened over the years, it's been really special. But I just don't think that they consider that at all. Do you, Justin? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if they do, it's a small percentage, maybe 1%, 2%. And if it if they do, I think you mentioned it, it, it would be just for a small, tiny bump in ticket sales, but not enough to mean anything. So, I don't, no, I don't think they look at it either. All right, let's get to college baseball, and then I've got a Romeo Langford note, and then we'll get to our first guest. But 
Justin, I'm, I like U of L baseball. I like IU baseball. I like following locals in basically every sport. We've got a local connection at Louisville. Have had a lot of local connection there over the year, but Tucker Bivett is the latest, who I think has got a really bright future playing for Louisville baseball. So I saw a number of Louisville games, whether I was there or watching on TV or video or whatever and listening on the radio. But I saw Wake Forest one or two times in the middle part of the season, and I thought, this is a great ball club. They are really good. They have what it takes pitching-wise. They could win the College World Series. So I kind of followed Wake Forest this season. And I'm not going to say that I became a Wake Forest fan, but I really felt like they had a chance and were definitely my pick to win the College World Series. And they looked really good in Omaha. They slipped up a little bit the other night against LSU, which worried me because I thought LSU stud skeins available last night. He can throw, what, 40, 50, 100 mile an hour or so pitches in a game. Uh, but last night was a fabulous game. But my pick came crumbling down on a solo home run. Was it the 11th or 12th inning? The, I forget The now. 11th, but yeah. It was an outstanding baseball game. But given how I've gotten behind Wake Forest a little bit, it kind of was crushing last night. It kind of felt like... One of my teams got beat, even though I have no connection to the Demon Deacons, nor do I ever plan to again. But it didn't work out, Justin. And yeah. uh, it was a great game, though. Oh, it was it was phenomenal. And I think I was so upset last night because we're going to get an all-SEC final. So now we've got a, a week of unbearable. It just means more coming our way so I, I would have much rather seen wake forest take on florida but alas yeah that game last night was phenomenal both of those pitchers are incredible i mean they'll they'll both probably be top five in the mlb draft if i have to guess so yeah just a great performance heartbreaking that it had to go that way for wake forest especially in remember when that park first opened and there wasn't a whole lot of homers hit so for this game to be decided by a homer was was pretty fun College Baseball World Series, it's great stuff yeah. for sure. Justin Kalen, producer of this show. Thank you, Justin. Haven't had the opportunity to catch up with you much recently. Yeah, no problem. Hey, one, one on. last thing before we go, Matt. Would you yeah, have, yeah, 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 yeah. Would you have rathered that game last night be 10-9, to 9, or do you prefer it the way it was, 0-0 going into extras? Oh, I get a little bored with baseball at times, although I love the game, appreciate the game. I'm going to go with the high – scoring you'd rather see the home runs 10 to 9 yeah i got you although when it gets into extra innings every pitch every ground ball every fly ball you hold your breath it was a great way for that one to finish because of how good the pitching was and how good i think both of those teams are i don't think there's any question in my mind lsu or wake forest whoever won last night will go on to win the college world series but you never know but yeah high scoring keeps me a little bit more entertained but the low scoring at least in the final stages of the game, was really good, too. So, gotcha. Yeah, I'm a low-scoring yeah. guy. That's why I ask. Yep. I understand. Baseball traditionalist Justin Kalen. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. One other note, Romeo Langford. I've had a lot of questions, and I wondered myself, where does Romeo stand for next season? It's still up in the air. I saw a report from one of the fan sites that covers the San Antonio Spurs. Langford, now 23 years old, averaged a career-best 6.9 points per game in 43 appearances last season with the Spurs. And uh, his status for next year, as far as will he be re-signed, still up in the air. Here's a quote that I read from The Athletic. Quote, Langford's year in San Antonio went better than his time in Boston in some respects as he showed more capability as a finisher and showed some promise at the defensive end despite being an undersized wing. Unfortunately, his three-point shot evaded him, 
dropping him to 28.8% for a career. If he can't shoot from distance at 6-4, there probably isn't enough else there to build on. That said, he's young enough to still turn the corner as a shooter. So we'll see what happens. But uh, let me read this as well. The article went on to say, quote, the Spurs can make Langford a restricted free agent by submitting a $7.7 million qualifying offer, but that would seem excessive for a guy who is probably looking at a minimum deal. Uh, the Spurs also have a crowded roster, so his next chance may come somewhere else. So we're keeping an eye on Romeo Langford now that we're through the draft for this season and we start to think about NBA rosters for next year. We'll see what Romeo's future looks like for the San Antonio Spurs and in the NBA. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. That is coming up next. Stay with us here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Thornton's text line remains open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We've got a lot to cover with Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. And, Dylan, uh, did you get nervous late? I know you love TJD like so many IU fans and listeners, and he's been a joy to cover over the last number of years, really going back since he was a freshman at Center Grove High School, but uh, went a little bit later than what I uh, thought he might go. I definitely got nervous. You know, I had kind of stopped um, watching the draft at a certain point, and I saw his tweet saying, like, you know, they'll you know no, they'll regret this or whatever, and I thought it meant he just didn't get drafted at all um, because I didn't realize that the draft hadn't completed yet. So I was like, no way. There's, I could not believe that he actually didn't get drafted. And um, so then I went and looked, and, you know, it turned out, Couple couple picks left, and luckily, you know, he was the second to last pick, um, so he almost didn't. But I was very shocked at how low he went. Although, um, you know, as much as it it was a little bit disappointing that he wasn't in the late first round or he wasn't as early in the second round as we might have hoped, I think the situation he landed himself in is is, is pretty dang good. Um, and you know, the new Warriors GM Mike Dunleavy had already has already announced, you know, he plans to have Trace on the 15 man roster which is great news. You know, a lot of times guys taking that late in the draft are kind of just battling two-way deals, going back and forth between, you know, getting called up or going back down to the G League. So, you know, the fact that the Warriors are planning to have Trace as kind of one of the guys on the main roster, um, and, you know, they mentioned, you know, something, the reason why is because their front court depth is so slim, and it really is, you know, aside from Kevon Looney and Draymond Green, who, you know, right now has opted out of his contract, so it's unclear whether or not he'll be back not or, or not. Um, I, I assume he will be, considering they just traded a big Jordan Poole contract yesterday. But, um, you know, to bring in a guy like Trace, who, who just really fits well with, with how the Warriors play, he, you know, all the dribble handoffs he can do with a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson, it, it feels so cool saying that out loud right now that, you you know, we're going to get to see Trace Jackson Davis play with guys of that stature that are that good. You know, he's going to be in a, in a situation on a playoff team right away. 
Um, that's the case for both Trace and Jalen. So I'm really excited to see if these guys can can find roles. You know, if Trace can become a, a good energetic backup big for the Warriors, um, that's best-case scenario, honestly. I don't know if you think you could go to a team better than that. Um, you know, I think the way they play is going to help him and, and kind of emphasize his strength. So uh, as much as it was a little disappointing at maybe he didn't go as early as we wanted him to go, I think the situation he landed in is a perfect fit for him, and I'm super excited to see how he can fit in with this team. Yeah, I saw him reading now Mike Dunleavy Jr., the Warriors general manager. He said that's the plan to keep him on the main roster. Quote, he'll be there. He'll be on the regular, call it 15-man roster. So uh, good news for Trace Jackson Davis and pretty outspoken words from the GM of the Warriors. They obviously traded to get him and uh, think he can play a role in their franchise. IU fans that have been through NBA drafts before, I know Indiana at times has had guys get drafted. There's always a lot of joy when that happens, but I'm not sure that anyone ever that's been drafted from the Hoosiers program had the support and fan base behind him like what Trace has. I think people really appreciate what he did for the program, that he stuck around uh, longer than maybe others would have, and that with this transfer portal world we're in of college basketball, even when things weren't going good, even where there was a, even when there was a coaching change, Trace stuck there with his in-state school and made the very most of it, and that turned into a very powerful career. Yeah, it's pretty rare, you know. Even not just for Indiana, but just for college players in general. No matter who you played for, you know, when you stay all four years and you're that up there in age, like 23, 24 range, you know, it's just NBA teams aren't as intrigued by you just because they like taking the upside guys who are 19 years old, who are, were played one year and have a lot of potential that they've shown. You know, there's not a whole lot of film on them yet, aside from one year of college and, you know, whatever AAU or high school tape they have. So, you know, it, it's not a super popular, you know, pick for NBA teams to go after guys who have been in college for so long, who kind of shown what they've shown. Um, but I think what you saw Trace do these last two years with Mike Woodson is really expand his game. And I don't even mean shooting-wise. I just mean the way he's able to play. Um, you know, in terms of his, you know, uh, rim running ability, lob threats, his defensive skills, being able to protect the rim, his passing, you know, that's going to be a big deal with this Warriors team. You know, anyone who watches them knows, you know, when Steph Curry comes around for like a dribble handoff or a high screen, you know, teams double him because he can shoot from anywhere. And, and he slips it down to Draymond Green, who rolls in a, in a four-on-three situation. He makes a good pass and they get an open shot. That's stuff that we know Trace can do. Um, so that's really exciting. You know, his, I think his passing was a really probably big key for the Warriors that want him because if you get him tracing those situations, you know, you're confident he can make the right play. So um, it's really exciting. And, uh, you know, I think Indiana fans were just loved Trace this past year. He really kind of embraced what it was to be an Indiana Hoosier, you know. Um, he's been here for four years. He's an Indiana kid, went to Center Grove. So I think everyone was super excited. And I, I know a lot of people were, were really mad the Pacers didn't take him at the multiple opportunities they had, but – um, you know, it's not maybe not the worst thing for him to kind of leave the state, go out, you know, going out to the West Coast. And like I said, I think this fit for him is, is probably the best you can imagine for him to get, um, especially getting drafted that late. So I think everyone should be pretty happy with how it turned out for Trace. Uh, and everyone was super excited. It seemed like a bunch of people were at his, his watch party or wherever that was last night. Um, you know, he had some teammates there, obviously a lot of family members. It just seemed like a lot of people were, were there rooting for him. So. You know, I think a lot of there's going to be a lot of Trace Jackson Davis Warriors jerseys being worn around Bloomington in the in the near future, especially if he's able to stay on that roster. So I think people just 
kind of love what he did, appreciated what he did. He really did turn kind of the page for Indiana basketball. You know, he said he wanted to get it back on the map. And then last year was one of the first years where you felt like the Hoosiers were relevant kind of throughout the entire year. You know, they were always in the top 25. They were in some big marquee games. They made it, you know, won a tournament game. So it was an exciting year, and, and he did a lot to do that. So I think fans are appreciative of what he's been able to do. And, you know, like I said, I think a lot of people are going to be rooting for him and tuning into those late-night Warriors games to see if, Trace finds the floor and see what we can do because uh, it's an exciting time. And I'm just happy because he wasn't a guy that we thought was supposed to get drafted at all. You know, his first two years of college, you know, no one really saw it. Even last year, you know, after his junior season, it wasn't really looking too good for him in terms of his draft stock. So uh, it's a really exciting moment for him. And, you know, hopefully he can make the best out of it with the Warriors. All right. Talking with Dylan Wallace, Dylan, a sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Jalen hood Shafino, what what's your thoughts on the NBA career that he could have? I know the Lakers, an interesting organization. We'll see how he fits in there. But he's a guy that was projected middle of the first round. A couple people had him in the lottery. Most people did not. Uh, I thought I wasn't surprised at all where he landed last night. No, I wasn't either. I was a little. I, w- I was optimistic he would land in the lottery. Um, you know, when players getting drafted the green room, it obviously means they have a chance. So I was hoping he would be able to get that status. But um, you know, the after the first you know three picks, the draft just kind of got a little weird at, in certain moments. You know, a lot of guys kind of fell or went higher or lower than they thought. So you know, whenever you get to that point, you know, other than the the top three, we knew who it was going to be. Draft just kind of gets a little weird. So you know. Jalen kind of fell outside the lottery just a little bit. Um, and then you kind of had that teen range coming up where it was the Lakers, it was the Heat. It was, uh, you know, you were like, wow, if he goes to one of these teams, you know, they could really use a guy like him. And, you know, I think the way he ended up with the Lakers, it's a pretty good fit, you know. Um, I think another, like, like sort of like Trace, I think it's a really good situation for him to come into. Um, you know, I think one of the things Rob Polinka said, the GM of the Lakers, was, hey, you know, you really want us over in our interview, you know, in the war room, um, because I think just the way he talked about his approach to the game, his love for the game, his commitment to the game, all the things that we, you know, we knew of him coming in as a freshman and then that we saw from him throughout his freshman year at IU, you know, that, that interview process he did with the Lakers, I guess, just really kind of sold them, and that was where they took him. And, you know, the Lakers, obviously they have, you know, one of the biggest stars in the game in LeBron James. They have Anthony Davis. They, they, they really – turned their season around last year and were in the Western Conference Finals. Um, and, but they were, they were really you know, thin in, in terms of the rotation. Didn't have a whole lot of guards. So to bring, and, you know, with LeBron James being going in year, I think, 21, he's going to be 39 years old this year, um, you know, to bring in a guy like Jalen who can really kind of help take some of the load off and, and be a, a secondary ball handler or a primary ball handler, depending on what, you know, if he's coming off the bench or whatever, um, I think it's a really good spot for him to be in. Um, he, he's a good playmaker. He can, he can create his own shot, get into that mid-range. So I'm excited. I think he can definitely have a good role, you know, with the Lakers. I think on the high end, you know, you expect Jalen to be a, a potential, you know, really good player in, in the NBA, a really good starter. And on the low end, you know, he could just be a really solid bench player that comes in and provides good minutes. But I think I think Jalen really has a shot to, to find a starting role, you know, in, in his future in the NBA and be a really, really good point guard. He's got the size for it. You know, he's, he's a pretty good defender at the point of attack. So I think all that's going good for him. And, you know, he, he's obviously got the mentality to really work and try to improve his game. So um, I'm excited to see what he can do as well. I think both Indiana guys got drafted in a good situation. They're going to be on two teams that are going to be probably playoff teams in the West. So, you know, hopefully we get to see them uh, next, you know, June and, and May in the, in the playoffs, which and hopefully they're playing good minutes because that'd be fun because 
you know, a lot of the IU players this year uh, that were in the NBA, you know, they they were on some rosters, but didn't get a whole lot of run. And, and I think Jalen Trace had some chances to to really make some impacts here, and uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, as uh, we get rolling here, I'm sure we'll get to see him in the summer league coming up, and then you know we'll see what happens in terms of what their roles are going to be in, in the preseason and what training and what the season starts. So I'm definitely excited to see what happens with these guys. It's never too early to look ahead, Dylan. And I saw a very early mock draft just through the lottery round or the lottery portion <laughs> of the first round. And the Pelicans at number 13, Mackenzie Mbaco from Duke. <laughs> well, it needs to be updated to read Indiana. But uh, perhaps uh, Mbaco and Indiana could have another pick, maybe a lottery pick this time. Uh, but he's going to be, I think, the front runner off of the team next year to pay attention to when it comes to NBA potential, at least for the next NBA draft. So that'll be fun to check in on. And he's that kind of guy. He's got that kind of reputation as a future pro and a future lottery pick. No doubt about it. You know, if, if he was like, you know, he was going to Duke and there's no doubt that he would be a, a top 15 probably pick if he stayed at Duke. And now he's coming to Indiana, you know, a team that just saw two players get drafted this past year. So I think that looks good for the Hoosiers going to look good for for future recruits and um you know for Mackenzie Mbako you know he's going to be you know one of the the most more popular players uh, in terms of kind of who are they looking at for next year's draft I think if Kalel Ware really pops you know like if he, he if he really showcases what people thought he he could be you know that could be another potential draft pick you know who knows if he'd be a lottery pick or just you know someone that could get, just get drafted first round late first round maybe but you know those two guys really have the chance to to kind of showcase, you know, what they're what they're going to be able to do, and potentially get two more guys drafted from Indiana. And you know, Mbako is obviously the clearest one. You know, kind of with the with the most stature coming in in terms of you know what NBA people are looking at. So you know, it's going to be really it's going to be really fun to to watch. And you know, the more you produce these guys that come in for a year and are really good and and you know improve their draft stock and get drafted, you know, it just helps your program in general. Um, you know, you, you can't win with just a bunch of three stars that stay for four years. You know, some you can they can they can fill in around the roster, but you need talent like this. And you know, I think the, we saw it with Jalen last year how good and important important he was. And you know, we're going to see it probably this upcoming season with these guys coming in. Um, it's it's an exciting time. Um, and you know, I'm really curious to see how everyone plays together. That's the the biggest key is we have all this talent and how they're going to mesh well together. You know how how key is Xavier Johnson going to be in making sure everyone you know gets gets theirs, so to say. So um, I'm I'm excited, but yeah, I, no surprise. Mbako is is definitely up there in the top fifteen uh, in terms of next year's draft. I I think they're saying it's a little bit of a down year in terms of the the draft, just because I think this year with Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller and all those guys, you know, this was a pretty pretty big year in terms of the draft. But I think next year's class maybe isn't as it's kind of high-end talented, but you know, so that, that leaves a lot of room for guys like Mbako and Ware. If they can really pop this year at Indiana, they can definitely raise their draft stock, you know. So uh, it should, should be a fun time to, to follow. And uh, I think it's good for Indiana that they got these guys in the conversation now because it just helps helps with the program, helps you get more recruits like this. And um, I'm just curious to see how, how well these guys play with one another and, and how good they actually are. You know, we don't know yet, but I'm sure with what Mike Wilson's track record has shown so far, He's probably going to get a lot out of them, so I'm excited to see what they can do uh, in December Hall next year. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap up our chat with Dylan Wallace. Dylan, thank you. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again soon. Thanks, you too. All right, we'll head to a commercial break. Thornton's text line open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star is up next. 
We'll talk some high school hoops here in the middle of the summer, including the Charlie Hughes Shootout, where college coaches will be and so many great Indiana high school teams. Almost for a minute, it's uh, like the regular season. There are so many big matchups set this weekend. Uh, but it's just summer ball and an opportunity to be seen and recruited and prepare for next year. We'll talk about that next with Kyle after this on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back. Final segment of the week. Final segment of the show. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And Kyle, we're right in the middle of the summer, so we're thinking about normally AAU, grassroots, basketball, recruiting, NBA draft, all that sort of stuff. But uh, this weekend is big when it comes to high school basketball in our state because so many of the great teams and top players in Indiana will be playing at the Charlie Hughes Shootout in the, the northern part of Indianapolis. And there will be all sorts of college coaches because it's a live weekend so the coaches can get out and watch this stuff. Uh, I don't know. It's almost like a who's who's list when you look at the teams and the players that are going to be there. I almost don't know where to start as far as the big matchups. Yeah, there's a ton of, uh, I think, 160 teams or 159 teams overall. And then you've got, uh, you know, like you said, a lot of uh, coaches will be in. I'm sure Floyd Badunga <laughs> will be the uh Probably the the top uh, player uh, that, that coaches come to see, or at least the most uh, high profile of the uh, of the uh, players in the event. But you know, you got you got a lot of you know pretty much all the uh, all the main teams. I would say that that uh, are around the state as far as the, the top teams, and and uh, you know, as we know, Charlie always did a great job of, of bringing in those teams to play. And uh, you know, it's, it's cool that. Uh, it's come to be what it is, where it's an evaluation weekend, and you've got um, you know so many so many play, players who you know people want to see, and, and coaches are able to come out and see them. But yeah, Jalen Harrelson and Fishers, of course, and you know Trent Sisley from from Heritage Hills in that uh, 2025 class, and then like I said, Flory will be a main attraction, I'm sure, and then a chance for you know people just to kind of see how the uh, how the top teams stack up against one another. So that'll be another fun part of it for for people like us. We've got some Southern Indiana teams, in fact, a handful of them that will be in Indianapolis today and this weekend to partake in the Charlie Hughes event. Really, this is an event, it's not just like a local summer league that's got regional teams. It gets teams from North, South, and Central Indiana together to create some great matchups. And at times, it's almost matchups you wish that we could see during the regular season in the winter months. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's games that you remember um, you know, I know when I'm starting to get ready for, for high school basketball season, like, oh, yeah, I saw those two teams match up against each other. It kind of gives you a good gauge of, of who's who uh, or how, how a team might stack up that you otherwise might not see uh, against an opponent. So, you know, those are the fun things. You know, I know last year, like, you know, watching, uh, you know, Flory uh, matched up with uh, Xavier Booker from Cathedral. So we got to see that match up. And, you know, we saw how good Flory really was. So I think in that game it was kind of a, 
you know, kind of an eye opener, I think, for a lot of people. So, you know, those are the types of things over the years or a team that, you know, you might not know much about, like, a, you know, for, you know, like a Providence, for example, if, if people don't know who they are, you know, getting a chance to see them play in this event, um, you know, or, or a Garen Catholic from up here playing against a good team from down south, you know, just those type of matchups are ones that, uh, you know, are sort of intriguing and, you know, give people a chance to see who's who and what's what. Kyle Nedner at the Indianapolis Star talking about the Charlie Hughes shootout this weekend. You know, you mentioned Floyd Badunga. I don't think there's any question that his Kokomo team and he will be one of the biggest attractions for the big-time college coaches that are coming in. He had a visit to Duke earlier this week, received a scholarship offer from Duke earlier this week. That Duke recruitment has really come on very recently, in the last couple weeks or less. He's already been to campus. Now he's got an offer. They appear to be a player in the Flory Badunga sweepstakes now. And also Flory making news because he's trying to set up, according to reports, another official visit or a official visit to Indiana before he makes his decision maybe as early as this summer, a little bit later in the summer. So what's your take on his recruitment as it stands? Your thoughts on Duke's late uh, entrance into the recruiting process? And where do you think Indiana stands, especially if they're able to line up uh, a closing official visit with him? Yeah, I, I actually talked to him Saturday at the uh, Top uh, 100 uh, Showcase afterwards and you know, talked a little bit with his, uh, you know, his, his uh, host family just about his plans. And, I, you know, I really got the impression Duke is a – that was right before his visit, obviously. But you could tell, uh, you know, Duke is definitely a major player, even though they have come on late. Um, they carry a lot of weight, obviously, with their name. And, you know, I think Flory just likes Duke. You know, he that's a – you know, who, who could blame a guy? You know, it's just, if you got that opportunity, you know, Duke – Duke's name means a lot, you know, the, the number of players they put in the NBA and just their history. So, yeah, but I, I did talk to him about, uh, you know, they, he does plan to make an official visit to IU, um, assuming he doesn't commit before then. But, uh, you know, the new NCAA rule, your official visits reset uh, July 1st. So he would have an opportunity to take it. It's unlimited. It's, uh, you know, there's an unlimited amount of uh, official visits you can take now um so he could he could take more i think the plan at this point though is just to do that one more i think you know that obviously bodes well uh if they can get one more visit from him and that's his last one uh that would be a big a big thing for iu uh obviously so uh but yeah i think i think we're nearing the the end stages here and he plans to you know decide something probably the last week of july or in that range uh, right before school starts i think they start august 3rd or second somewhere in there um so he'll be uh probably making a decision around that time unless something changes but yeah i still think you know i use in the mix for sure uh, i don't know how many schools really are at this point it's sort of, you know i think things are starting to get narrowed down a little bit and um you know if it's duke iu and then maybe a couple others who have an opportunity but i don't, I don't think there's like 30 schools still in the mix for him yeah he has been a big name player and had all sorts of Recruiting attention, there is no question about that. Kyle Nedden with us here this weekend. Kyle, uh, Pacers last night, we've talked a lot about Trace and Jalen Hood-Jafino in the program today, but thoughts on the Pacers and their selections in the draft uh, last night overall, first and second round? Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to... It's hard to know for sure. Um, you know, once you get down to the to the lower level, it's almost about uh, you know finding some diamonds in the rough as far as that goes. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I was hoping Trace would go to uh, 
the Pacers would take him, but then you know, I was talking to somebody this morning. It's kind of like you know, it's it's if you if you, if the Pacers didn't really think he fits, he's probably better off or better off probably not doing. It almost becomes sort of a you know a distraction in some ways, and, and we've seen it with you know in other instances where the hometown kid and it just it's sort of a weird situation. So I, I honestly think going to the the Warriors will be uh, a better fit for him that that style of play. Um, you know, so I'm hopeful. I, I, you know, I, I do think he can be a productive NBA player in the right with the right organization. So, you know, I was hoping to be the Pacers, to be honest, but I, you know, I'm sort of glad it worked out the way it did for him, and, and obviously wish him the best. Absolutely, Kyle Bedrip, the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, enjoy basketball this weekend, and I know that you'll do the same as I. We won't ever forget our great friend Charlie Hughes who the event is named after. So uh, it's great basketball, but great to see his name on it. Yeah, somebody this week asked, like, who, who is Charlie Hughes? So I need to uh, I need to uh, tweet out that story I did on him several years ago, uh, just you know, keep his uh, memory alive of who he was. And, uh, and it's good to see his face when this event pops up and his, his face comes up on the, the Charlie Hughes uh, website. So good to, good to see that and, and glad to see his name going stronger than ever. Absolutely. Kyle Medrip, the Indianapolis Star. Have a great weekend, Kyle. All right. Thanks, Matt. You do the same. That's going to wrap things up for this Friday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you miss a live show, all you got to do is search for us anywhere you listen to podcasts. The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You'll find us there. Back with you Monday here on The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>